Are you ready to be motivated? motivated? Are you ready to receive some advice on how to live life at the next level? Next level. Well, you are in the right place. For the next few moments, Dr. Sims, America's number one personal development expert, will give tips on how to live a motivated life. He will be interviewing successful people who have tipped the scale of life in their favor. Get your notebooks, get your pens, open your ears, and listen to America's number one personal development expert, Dr. Walter Sims. Well, hello, everybody, and happy Motivational Monday. I am Dr. Walter Sims, America's number one personal development expert, and I'm not going to talk much this morning, today. I'm not going to say a whole lot because I have one of the most prolific wide receivers that ever played the position. He's on the line with me today. Met him a few weeks ago at a leadership academy in Las Vegas, Nevada, and his presentation was so incredible. I follow him on LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter. He is just totally awesome. He stands at five foot nine, but he is he is all of seven feet tall in the world of public speaking and just motivating uh, people to do more than they're doing right now. So without any further ado, the man, the legend, uh, the NFL great, brother J.J. Burden. How you doing, J.J.? I'm doing good, Dr. Sams. How you doing today? Man, listen, I am doing so incredibly awesome, man. I, hey, man, I guess I, you did not play with this particular player, but just the other day, man, uh, Dwight Clark passed, and he made the catch that uh, everybody remembers that really propelled your former quarterback into stardom, uh, Brother Joe Montana. Uh, he caught that ball over Everson Wall, who was a rookie at the time, and that took them on to the Super Bowl where they won and everything, man. And how did you enjoy playing in the NFL? And I enjoyed it, but I tell you, Dr. Sims, it was so unexpected because I wasn't ever trying to, you know, that wasn't my goal in life. I wasn't one of those young young kids that said, one day I want to play in the NFL. You know, just it just kind of happened. And then when I got there, I just tried to maximize the opportunity. But being able to play nine years and 5'10", 157 pounds, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the fact that I, I played in the big man's game and uh, and survived, you know. So, but it was, well, you know, it was hey, you know, you know, and, and that is so I mean, Well, listen, Counter, let's segue into this. So how, how did you end up in the NFL? And then we'll talk about how you maintained for nine years. So how did you get to the NFL, Brother JJ? Well, I went to University of Oregon on a track scholarship. I was really more known for track and field. I was a, you know, a world-class long jumper. I ran high hurdles. And I played football my senior year at, in high school, at Lake Ridge High School in Portland, Oregon, but okay. even, even though I was the number one wide receiver coming out of high school, all the colleges thought I was too small. They just, Division One said, no, you can't play Division One. Go play Division Two. Go play Division Three. And so from that moment on, I kind of developed a chip on my shoulder, and I said, wow. Prove these guys wrong. And I went to Oregon on a track scholarship, but the second year, I started secretly watching the football practices at Oregon because I wanted to see if these guys were that much bigger than me. And right. after, after a couple of days of evaluating the talent, I said, you know, I could play at this level. I just got to, I got to get noticed. I got to create the opportunity. And so the next day I go to the practice field, I stand on the field while they're practicing. You, you're not supposed to be on the field. You know, right. I said, I'm going, I'm going to get noticed. And sure enough, Coach Rich Brooks, the head coach at the end of practice, he walks all the way down the field. He's like, Burden, I know who you are. What are you doing on this field? You know, he's, 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 like, yeah. he's, like, he's like, 
you think you can play Pac-10 football? I was like, Coach, I know I can play Pac-10 football. He's like, okay, come see me tomorrow. So we had a 30-minute conversation the next day, and it was really me convincing him I wasn't too small. And uh, he said, okay, come to camp. Let's see what you got. I went to camp. I was number 14 on the depth chart. Two weeks later, I was number two, and the rest is history. Wow, wow. And, and, and so you developed this chip on your shoulder, and, and that mm-hmm. just came from within, and that helped get you the type of motivation you needed. And you said something so powerful just a moment ago. You created the opportunity, and so many people, J.J., are waiting for the opportunity. Kind of talk about that a little bit, about creating the opportunity. What, how, how did you do it? Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that, and you know me, I'm, you're America's number one personal development coach. I'm America's number one opportunity trainer. You know, and I train people on how to seize and maximize opportunities. That's and awesome. What, I, what I've witnessed is I've seen people miss out on opportunities because a lot of times people are just waiting for it to come to them, to just show up in front of them. But we know that's not the reality. If you want something, you've got to go get it. But sometimes, Doc, you've got to be a little creative and really create the opportunity to be able to maybe get your foot in the door or set up that meeting or just get noticed. And, that's uh, awesome. That was, and that was my mindset was that I was driven to the fact that the motivation was I'm going to prove them wrong, but I had to be a creative, and, and that's what I did. And, and the thing that's crazy about that, Doc, is when you think about it, I created that opportunity for myself. Oregon didn't come and say, come play for us. I created the opportunity. But look what the opportunity led to, nine years in the NFL. I mean, never wow. nine years that I think it would go to that. That you know what that is okay. You you played in college. You get into the NFL. You get drafted. You you on practice teams, the practice team, practice team. So how did you end up at Kansas City? Well, it was another process. And when I got drafted by Cleveland, my um, you know 1988, I was a 216th pick, eighth round. You know, basically a long shot. But I, um, I was in the middle of my senior track season and getting ready for the NCAA track meet. I qualified for the 1980 Olympic trials in the long jump. So, Doc, that was the focus. But what happened was when I got drafted, I got invited to the Cleveland mini camp for the rookies. And I didn't really want to play in the NFL, but I thought, let me just go check it out. Let me just go see what it's about. And wow. So I, go out there, I go out there, I go through their mini camp, I tear up my ACL ligament in mini camp. So now track is – I can't run track now. It's time to call an audible. And the audible was, now you've got to play a <laughs> <laughs> you, know? so you call that audible, right? You change it up. So, so I spent the whole year on IR for the Browns. And wow. then they cut me, the, they cut me the ne- at the end of camp the next season. And then I went to Kansas City. I flunked their physical. I went to Detroit the next day. I flunked their physical. I went to Green Bay. I flunked their physical. So I fought three NFL teams physicals within four days. I went back home, continued to train. The Cowboys called. I signed up with the Cowboys. They put me on their practice squad for all the rest of the year. They tell me I'm going to play at some point. I don't play the entire year. Then they tell me we don't want you to come back because we don't think you'll be able to play. So they reject me. I go home and train some more. Now I'm 100%. And then it was like, okay, now i got to choose the right team. And I chose the Kansas City Chiefs. And I had a great offseason, a great training camp, great preseason, and then they cut me. They cut me too. And I was like, okay, 
let's keep training. Somebody's calling. Two weeks later, the Chiefs called. I got activated, scored a touchdown, and the career took off. Wow. Wow. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. You, and you, okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What's one of the most memorable moments? Uh, uh, with your stint, your nine-year stint, and I know you have several plays on your heart right now, but what's one particular play that sticks out in your mind? If anybody ever asks you what's your highlight uh, playing with the, the Kansas City Chiefs, what play would come out? What play would come to your mind? That's a really good question because you're right. I have multiple plays I could refer back to, but I think I'm going to go – if i got to pick one – i probably go with that first touchdown that I scored in 1990 against the Seattle Seahawks because wow. that, was like, that was like the exclamation mark on just a long journey of setbacks, of doubt, of challenges, of no's, of rejection. And I scored that touchdown. It was like my way of saying, I made it, I'm here, I showed you. And it was just it was such a special moment. And I'll tell you what was made it special too because – it was in Seattle. I'm originally from Portland, Oregon. So my entire family, <laughs> they got to drive up to, Port, uh, to Seattle. So my entire wow. family drives up to Seattle to see my first game. And I remember my uncle, Uncle Sonny. He, he, he was in the stands. And Uncle Sonny, when I was in high school, a junior year, he's the first person to say, you're going to play in the NFL. And I was wow. like, man, get out of here. I didn't play no NFL. <laughs> no. He goes, you're going to play in the NFL, and I believe in you so much. He goes, I want you to give me your first touchdown pass. I was like, get out of here, Uncle. He goes, no, just say it. I go, okay, you can have my first touchdown pass. Well, sure enough, my uncle was in the stands. I came out of that locker room. He's walking toward me. I just took a knee and gave him the ball. and here you go. You know, How about was, that? How about that? It was, an, it was an incredible moment, but it taught me something that sometimes you have to borrow the belief of other people until you believe in yourself. Oh, and that's I had awesome. I for a while until I really believed in myself. So that's, that's kind of why I made that, first, that play so special to me. Oh, that is so incredibly awesome. And I, uh, you, you told that story uh, in your presentation at the Leadership Academy, and, and that just blessed my heart because you never gave up. And kind of touch on this a little bit in the latter part of our interview together. Did, was there any a moment in those, in those three failed physicals, if you will, was there any moment that you sat on the side of your bed and said, you know what, I can do something else. I'm tired of, of people telling me, no, I'm tired of being rejected. I'm just going to throw my hands in the air, and I'm just going to do something else. Did you ever have that, that defining moment where you could either go left or right and you decided to try one more time? Did you have that moment, J.J.? Well, I'll tell you, there's a two-part answer to that. first part is no, I didn't. When I was going through all that, I didn't. Because, Doc, I knew I could play. I knew I had the ability. But my knee wasn't 100%. And that's what I okay. was dealing with. And when you're playing okay. at 80% and you're playing at the highest level, you've got to be 100%. So I knew that if I got my knee healthy, I could really show these guys what I could do. But I oh, that's honest, awesome. You know, but after the Cowboys let me go and then I was working out and then the Chiefs signed me. It was my third year in the NFL. And I said, hey, J.J., if you don't make it this year – you know, players get labeled. If you don't make it by the third year, then they're going to forget about you. So I said, this is our last shot. We better make it. And if we don't make it, then it's time to move to plan B. So that's why I made sure, man, I put everything out there. I did whatever it took. 
And I just said, if I, may, if I don't make it, it's not because I did not give it 110%. But that is awesome. And, and I, I believe if, if we had to put a, 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 a checklist together about how do you make it, whatever your NFL is, whatever your career is, whatever your purpose is, the one of the first bullets that we would put on our checklist is borrow someone else's belief, never give up, and number three, call an audible. Parenthetically, go another route. Try it again. Try it another way because you called an audible. You know what I'm saying? And, I'm, man, look, look, Uncle Sonny, Uncle Sonny, you, you believe, you listen to what he said there, man, you're going to play in the NFL. And you hung your hat on that, and, and you played in the NFL for nine years. Dog, man, that is an amazing, amazing story. So is there anything else you can challenge us with? If, if we're faced with that defining moment in our lives, believing in borrowing someone else's belief, uh, 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 being able to never give up, uh, uh, calling audible, is there something that you want to share with us that can help us get over that hurdle? Well, I think the first and most important really is you got to know your why. Why are you doing what you're doing? You know, why oh, that's are you good. Pursuing, you know, why are you pursuing this, whether it's personal goals, business goals, family goals, athletic goals, you have to know your why because your why is your whole seed of motivation. And the motivation has to be strong because it's going to be tough. You're going to have challenges, you know, and difficulties. But I always say, hey, if the why is strong enough, the process to get there is not a challenge. You will do whatever it takes. (laughs) That is so good. That is the starting point because, let me just say this, because you can't let any fear, doubt, opinion, excuse stop you from achieving what you want. But if that passion, if that why is not strong enough, you know, you'll quit. You'll shut it down, you know. So that's why I tell people, find out what you want, what's important to you, find out that motivation, just run with it. Just run with it. All puns intended. Just run with it. Well, how? What do you think about the athletes today? And let's let's just chase this rabbit a little bit. Uh, do you see the kind of uh, uh, the kind of mm, the kind of well, with all that you guys had back in the day, what do you think about the athletes today? Do they have the kind of drive that you guys had? You know, that's a good question. I, to be honest, I don't think so because things are so different now. You know, True. starting from high from high school and just how the athletes are treated and all the different facilities and privileges and things they have, and you know, going into college. I mean, and going to the NFL. I mean, these guys don't even do contact that much. Yeah, we were in training camp. <laughs> hey, yeah, are, are Doc, they pampered? Are they pampered, JJ? Uh, Doc, Doc, we were in training camp for five weeks, four weeks with pads, two days. I mean, it made you tough. And now these guys, they don't do that much contact. And I, you know, and I'm not saying that the athletes are were better back then. It's just things are different. How people were trained and what you know, some of the different challenges and um, the things they have to go through to be able to play at the highest level. So I do like the old school mentality because we had to earn it. You know, nothing yeah. was given yeah. to us, nothing was entitled. You had to earn it. You had to earn your spot every day. Like Marcus Ogden said, you had to earn your spot every day. So uh, You had to. Things have changed. Yep. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, well you, you, I mean, you're doing so many wonderful things. I saw you did a – 
uh, a graduation uh, uh, speech the other day, something that you said you don't do much of, but you did a phenomenal job uh, with that. Uh, I've just followed you and everything that you're doing. Uh, I, I follow you on LinkedIn, and you're just doing a great, phenomenal job. I saw your post today talking about execution. And so you're doing a whole lot of phenomenal, phenomenal things, uh, Brother JJ. So what's next for you? What's next on your entrepreneurial bucket list, if you will? <laughs> well, I think what's next is that I've been really solidifying my speaking business and my health and wellness business. And, you know, I wrote a book like you. Congratulations on being an author yourself. I see you've done Thanks, man. Well. Yeah, good work. Um, but I, I, my goal, my next goal is to write book number two. I wrote my first book two and a half years ago when Opportunity Knocks Eight Surefire Ways to Take Advantage. And so I've been really excited about writing book number two because when you do something the first time and then you do it the second time, you learn a lot and you, you think you can put a lot more into it. So I'm excited to continue the, the message of positivity and uh, seizing your opportunities in book number two. should be starting at some time later this summer. Oh, that sounds so good, my friend. I, I truly appreciate you, and I just love the man that you are. You have a wonderful, wonderful family. And I want to bring you back on at a later date and talk about your family, and, and eight is enough. And I really want us to do another <laughs> interview where you talk about your family and the decision you made to add extended family. You took that literally and you extend your family. So I want to talk about that at a later date. And, and again, thank you for your time, JJ. You are, again, you are one of the good guys. And somebody said that about me the other day, and, and I wanted to make sure I remember to say that about you. You're one of the good guys, and you may not be getting all of the, the fanfare. You may not be on uh, uh, the, the magazine, GQ magazine, or anything like that, but you are definitely one of those guys that people need to follow and look up to because you're setting a great example, JJ. Hey, Doc, I really appreciate that. I want you to know you're one of the good guys, too, and you keep up the good work. I love the positive message you're sharing with people. Oh, well, thank you, Brother J.J. Well, listen, man, you tell Raina, Miss Raina, Miss J.J., that we appreciate what she's doing, and she, she's, that, she's really the, the wind beneath your wings, ain't she? Absolutely. I, she does it all, Doc. I call her Mom Fabulous. She has multiple <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me, let me. does it all. That, listen, for, for maybe 60 seconds, because you're doing so many things, and I, I love how you say you handle social media, but if, for 60 seconds or maybe two minutes most, what do, how do you keep it all together? Because, you, like you say, you got your speaker business, you travel, you got family, you're a husband, you're a dad, you're a friend, you work out. I saw you hurt your foot the other day, but you keep it all together. How does J.J. Burden keep it all together? I am very structured. Um, okay. I think as an athlete, all the years being an athlete, being told where to be, when to be there, when to show up, when to do this, that, and the other, I, I carry that over into life after football, and I'm very structured. Okay. So, like, okay. I have a weekly schedule, a daily schedule that I follow so that I allocate time for, you know, whether it's business responsibilities, family responsibilities, personal time, or when I'm not even available, you know. So, and then to match that, Doc, I do. I have my D, DMO, my daily method of operation. So I like that. Five, five fundamental things I do every day to keep my my businesses successful. There's five fundamental things I do to live the healthy lifestyle. You know, so those things keep me on track, and I just try to be. Um, there's a quote out there by Susan Sly. It goes like this: that the enemy of success is disorganization. 
My so Lord, that's my good. To be organized. That's good stuff. That's good stuff, Brother JJ. Well, listen, very quickly, how can people keep up with you and follow you and, and keep their eyes on JJ Burden? Well, I'd say, one, go to my website, jjburden.com. That's my hub. You can access me through all the social media channels under the name JJ Burden. That's the username everywhere. And if you go to my website, sign up for the Burden Report. Once a month, I write out some type of motivational piece to really inspire people to elevate their performance and take it to the next level. So, yeah, love to connect with people. So reach out to me. That is so awesome. Well, thank you for a few moments of your time, my friend. And we just we just love J.J. Burden. And I know you play for Kansas City, but I'm a big Cowboy fan. So when you say you on that practice squad, that's shown up, raised my antenna because I love those Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Appreciate you, Doc. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you, Brother J.J. Hey, everybody, y'all stay tuned. I'm going to come back with a few minutes of motivation. Y'all hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Listen, for the motivational, uh, Monday motivational moment today, you know, I ask this all the time, and it's such a powerful, powerful question because, again, it's going to dictate your action item, your action plan, your strategy. What do you really want? I, I deal with a lot of people in relationship space, business space, life space, et cetera. And many people are frustrated because they can't necessarily put their finger on what they want. And to come at it through the back door, what what's really making you happy? And I know a lot of times what we do is motivated by, you know, I got to keep the lights on, got to keep food on the table. I got to keep a roof over our head. And, you know, that's a piece of it. But you're not satisfied. You're not fulfilled. You're not happy. So let's just say chuckles and grins you got all the money that you will ever need in your life you've won a 50 million dollar powerball let's say so now money is not an option or money is not an issue what would you be doing if time stopped for you right now and the only way god would start your clock again is that you convince him that you want to live the rest of your life doing that thing that he has contracted you to do so the only way God is going to start your clock again, you got to tell him what it is that you are going to spend the rest of the time that he's going to allot you doing. You're not going to tell him, oh, I just want to make more money. Oh, I want to make a name for myself. Oh, I want to be popular. Oh, I want to be famous. Oh, I want my name all posted everywhere. You're probably going to convince him, say, Lord, if you give me more time, I promise I will spend it doing this. What is the this that you will fill in the blank with? I'm Dr. Walter Sands. I'm America's number one personal development expert. And I challenge you today to decide what it is that you want. Listen, I want to thank uh, Chairbit. That's my platform that I use for my podcast. Uh, it loads right into iTunes. Go to chirbit.com. I love uh, uh, Ivan Rays. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. But uh, I use the Chairbit platform uh, to... Um, how's my podcast and I want to thank JJ Burden for being our guest today oh my goodness wasn't that a good interview well listen guys make sure you subscribe to my podcast at doc doc podcast dot info and I'll be back next Monday with another interesting interview and remember if you stay high on life life is going to stay high on you <laughs>